Welcome back to another episode of In Transit. This week we'll be exploring the potential of the diaspora as a consumer base through the lens of Kenya's vibrant fashion industry. Often, exporting culture relies on the relevance that said culture would have in the market that it's going to. It's for this reason, among many, that I believe African art struggles to have the global visibility it deserves. It tends to speak for spaces that mainstream popular culture has no bearing on, sometimes in a language quite foreign to the rest of the world. None of this is a bad thing. If anything, African art should be consumable to African cultures in no monolithic fashion. But, unlike before, this artistic output is now readily available to Africans residing outside the continent. This unprecedented access has opened the world up to African-based creatives whose work combines elements already familiar to the Western mainstream with details that speak to who they are and where they come from. Fashion's striking and tactile nature has a way of traversing borders that music and film do not. It enables one to speak of the world they come from without saying a word. In a time when fashion is desperate for new ideas, the immense and colorful source material present in African fashion could be the answer and a customer base in the diaspora could be the conduit for these new ideas. I spoke with Nairobi-based designer Kwame Okunzetu, founder and creative director of Setuchi, for a peek into how his brand is leveraging a fan base outside of the country to grow his profile, while he continues to exceed expectations locally. Being half Ghanaian, his pieces combine West African print with contemporary clothing such as hoodies, tees, and crewnecks to appeal to the diverse urban youth. So initially when we entered the market, it was very, it was a very different product. And the beauty was, it was different and nice and good quality. So everybody welcomed it. And over the years now, people are, I feel like I set the pedestal for people to enter the market. So now many people are doing similar stuff and, you know, just designing their own stuff based off of uh, the Satuchi designs, which is, it's a good, it's a good thing because, I mean, I don't see it as competition. I just see it as um, enabling growth. People are able to now um, represent African culture more, number one. Number two, people are also able to make money off of starting their own lines and selling clothes. How do you still manage to be unique and competitive despite the, the African print design becoming more common? Building a brand. So initially, that's what we managed to do, build a brand. So despite new people coming into the market or whatever, everybody knows that uh, this was started by Setuchi. So... You know, like even if there's knockoff guys or whatever, people associate us with quality and being the first ones who, who started it. Secondly, just um, just innovation in the designs, like different designs, different fabrics, and just working with the patterns. And we outsource the material from West Africa. Since I'm African and it's easy for me to get material, the fabrics from Ghana. Yeah, so most of the people who are doing what they're doing here aren't able to access... Um, different fabrics from, they just use a standard local fabric, but now we're able to outsource different, different fabrics and prints, which makes the designs more versatile and just more unique. So that's another thing that we do that other people can't do. And does part of that involve um, holding yourself to a higher standard than the local scene? Uh, to be honest, yes, definitely. I would say we're, we're an international brand now. International in the sense that we don't have stores internationally, but um, our stuff is just bought a lot by people in the diaspora and, you know, just represented out there. So you see, we're like, cause like for example, the other day, somebody bought, um, a pres- bought a hoodie from us 
um, and give gave it to Didier Drogba as a as a gift. You know, like those are some those are those are things that like other designers can't, you know, say that they do or they've done. They've had a few runway shows in the UK. We've exported some product to the US, Canada, the, uh, the UK as well. So you see, these are these are things that uh, I don't honestly think that the uh, designers who are doing similar stuff in the local market can say that they've done or they do. Brands tend to release collections on a seasonal basis, uh, but you tend to do them episodically. So just briefly describe like your release schedule and um, your public viewing in Nairobi. What's the reception of your collections and how do these things play out? Okay, so the episodes ideally are released twice, uh, twice in a year. So that would be summer and December. The reason why we do it twice a year is because um, a lot of our clientele is people in diaspora. So people who are in the UK, US, Canada, wherever, Australia. So when, because they tend to come back around summer, December for their holidays and all of that. So we always try to, to schedule releases with um, their calendar. So when people are back, that's when we would do the release because that's the biggest client base, number one. Number two, those are the people that attend the, the fashion shows and all of that. Um, the first release I ever did, which was episode zero and one, we released that through uh, with the website. We've had three more after that and we've released those with fashion shows at the Tav. So the beauty of doing fashion shows is it you kill two birds essentially with one stone. Purely online based, sometimes people want to see the physical clothes so when we release on the web, on the fashion shows, you get to see the clothes on the runway as well as we have pop up a pop up shop. So you can also have a look and physically see the clothes at the pop up shop. And you know sometimes it's also nice when you see something, someone's wearing something. You can be like, oh damn, I want that item off of the runway, and then you get the chance to buy it. Full Full Condition is an annual compilation album presented by Tangaza Magazine, showcasing the sonic diversity of East African musicians. The song playing now is called See the Sun by EA Wave, a Nairobi-based collective. If you like what you hear, you can listen to the rest of the album at tangazamagazine.com or by searching Full Full Condition on any of the major streaming platforms. You mentioned that the diaspora is how you center your um, your release schedules and your uh, your fashion shows. What do you think is the power of the diaspora to the creative scene in Nairobi? It's, it, the diaspora plays a really big role because um, most people who go out there and come back come with a more open mind on fashion. If we release some different designs that, like, maybe people locally wouldn't really understand them, but people like who have been in the diaspora seeing like different fashion trends and all of that, when they see the stuff that we release, it's like, oh wow, like, yo, that's some dope stuff. Like, that's you know, that stuff we can wear. That stuff we can, you know, we can identify ourselves with. This is not discrediting the local market in any way, because there are people in the local market who have um, uh, similar tastes and all of that. And you'd also find that there's a large market in the diaspora for this type of stuff because it's not easily available. 
and it's very very unique out there because it's like you know nobody else has it so you're like boom like wow like people you know appreciate it more as opposed to here do you feel like this will continue this relationship with um um, a forward-thinking creative scene and the diaspora will continue to be important or do you think that the local market will eventually grow and be at par with what African communities outside of East Africa are doing? I believe that with time it will grow as people just become, as people come continue to re- uh, realize that like, yo, things in Africa and locally, even in Kenya, like we actually have good musicians, we have good fashion designers, people will continue to to support and grow. An interesting take from our conversation is the current state of cross-collaboration and brand partnerships. Given the lack of infrastructure in the region detailed in previous episodes, I for one was under the impression that brand partnerships would be the next viable source of income for creatives residing in East Africa. But from Kwame's experience as a reputable brand, it seems that many collaborators aren't leveraging a large enough audience on their own to make it worth it for brands like Satuchi. It seems that by and large, you still have artists looking for free and easy access to the brand credibility that people like Kwame work so hard to achieve. Without the proper partnership etiquette and mutual benefit for all parties involved, the brand partnership space in East Africa still leaves much to be desired for creatives at the intermediate level. But now you see, that's the thing. With the growth of the industry, um, Hopefully, ideally, creatives and all should be paid more for their, for their services. So like musicians, whatever, artists, whatever, they should get paid with, with the growth of all of this. They should eventually be getting paid to perform or whatever, which then would benefit in the sense that they can bring more to the table because they have more cash or whatever to offer. You understand? In reality, we should all work together to build, to build the industry, you know. Because at the end of the day, if the industry goes, grows, we all benefit. We, we're all going to eat, you know, like we all get something out of it. Join us next time when we'll be taking a different look at Nairobi's relationship with the diaspora through the eyes of a Kenyan creative who came back home to a drastically different landscape than the one they left. Until then, feel free to check out Tangaza's website for additional content on the East African scene. Cool. Wait, let me run the vibe, it's no race Give yourself some time to check face You can keep bad energy far away Hey, okay I'ma take my coffee, no lay She can tell I'm icy, ole Refresh, you can keep it juicy, OJ She don't need no advice to choose me, it's blatant <laughs> See the way she walk, it's a statement <laughs> Like in how I talk, my jazz All gold, no gas, now she wanna let me taste it <laughs> And I know she got that flavour Best intentions, worst behaviour Clear my schedule, clear my data Body top shelf, need a shot, no chaser Full Full Condition is an annual compilation album presented by Tangaza Magazine, showcasing the sonic diversity of rising East African musicians. The song playing now is called Two of a Kind by Kenyan artist Mao. If you like what you hear, you can listen to the rest of the album at tangazamagazine.com or by searching Full Full Condition on any of the major streaming platforms. This is a GB Mystical production.